morning, friend. Welcome back to the Wayfarer Podcast. I'm Tom Vanderwell. Thanks for joining me on this chapter day journey again today. We are in Psalm 45, and I pulled out verse 14, which I've got to read in my very white voice. The princess is decked in her chamber with gold woven robes. In many colored robes, she is led to the king. Behind her, the virgins, her companions follow. Today's podcast is entitled Love Song. Now, how on earth could you put together an anthology of the lyrics of 150 songs and not have at least one love song in it? Well, today's chapter, Psalm 45, is the one love song in the book of Psalms. It was penned for the wedding celebration between the king and the princess of another nation who was being married as part of a political alliance between the two countries. Now, the thought was that one king wouldn't attack another king if that king was a son-in-law. It also meant that you had a family member who had eyes and ears on what was going on within another nation's palace. This was a common diplomatic practice throughout history, even in the last century. I mean, if you look at a chart of the European royal families, that's why it looks like a spider's web with all the crossing and intersecting lines. I mean, even Queen Elizabeth married her own cousin. Maybe you didn't know that. The song today is written from the perspective of the bride looking at her groom, the king, and singing of how handsome and strong and powerful he is. And the song's climax is the bride and her virgin bridesmaids walking into the king's palace, which I read just a minute ago. And then the very next verse is a promise to bear the king many sons, which was a sign of strength and succession. And it's also a little bit racy because it alludes to what's going to happen once she enters the king's chambers. Now, the chapter is also interesting from how it was used in history. After the Hebrew people returned from exile in Babylon, Psalm 45 was considered a messianic psalm more than a love song. And scholars would say that it pointed to the Messiah who would come and ascend the throne of David. Now, this is interesting because marriage was used by Jesus repeatedly as a metaphor when he was talking about his second coming and the climactic apocalyptic event known as the day of the Lord. The metaphor is that Jesus will come back like a bridegroom, there's the metaphor, to be united with all believers collectively and metaphorically referenced as the bride. In my podcast series, The Beginner's Guide to the Great Story, and I know, I know, I have two episodes left, and I will get a Wayfarer Weekend podcast done this weekend, I promise. I mentioned in that series, Beginner's Guide to the Great Story, that God's language is metaphor precisely because it can be layered with meaning. Now, when I was a young man attending a fundamentalist Bible college, I was told to interpret passages like today's psalm only in terms of its spiritual, prophetic meaning. I mean, we wouldn't want young people in hormonal overdrive thinking about what's going on in the king's bedchambers. Along my journey, I came to realize that that's just kind of silly. It's not a case of either or. It's a both and. Yes, there's messianic metaphorical imagery in the song. But that's not why it was written. It was written as a love song to celebrate a beautiful princess entering the palace in the bedchamber of the king. 
man, woman, wedding, love, expression of love, life, procreation. That's beautiful. That's holy. Cue Barry White. Have a great day, my friend. We'll see you on the way for our weekend podcast over the weekend.